Before we open God's word, let's take a moment to pray. Dear Father in heaven, as we approach thy word now, thy eternal living word, we tremble, dear Father, because we know we are, we are but dust. Apart from thee, apart from thy spirit, we are dust. We are quickly fading, quickly passing away. And this is an eternal word, a word that will outlast each one of us, our, our mortal lifespans, a word that is true where we are so many times fallible and frail and weak, a word that reveals everything about us. Dear Father, as we open this word, we are mindful of all these things and that we can't take anything from this word of ourselves. It has to be thy spirit present now that speaks to each one of us individually, that speaks to us collectively as a body, that convicts those that are without the body, that calls. Without him, without his presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit, dear Father, we, this meeting, our, our gathering here, would just be a, a, a temporary thing a, of no consequence. Dear Father, help us to, to be spiritual, to, to open our ears, to open our hearts, to submit to thy will, to thy word, this hour. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. For this morning's meditation, with the help of, of the Lord and his spirit, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, from verse 13 to the end. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man 
as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Today is the last day of 27, uh, 2017, this, this year. It's a time that pretty much everyone will at least take a little bit of time to think about what happened this past year. The, the news media is replete with stories about the highlights, the top stories of the year, the, what has happened. Hopefully everyone personally is looking back over this past year and thinking about what happened and turning their gaze towards the year that's to come. This year will be no more after today. It'll be in the history books. We won't write 2017 anymore. It'll be a new year. This is also a time to, to reflect on our lives, the span of our lives as the years tick by. For different people, that may mean different things. For those that are in their youth, it may mean, wow, I, I'm looking forward to what happens next year. Next year's gonna be better. Um, I'm going to do this, or I'm gonna to go to this school, or I'm gonna start this job, or maybe enter a new relationship. For those that are older, maybe it's a sense of foreboding. Well, what will the new year bring in terms of my health, or what, what, what new challenges will the, the new year bring? But whatever span of, of understanding of time we are in, and I think you know, the little, little children, they don't understand just from day to day, but as we grow increasingly older, we understand more of the passage of, of time and how time is quickly going on. My hope and prayer this morning would be that, that those thoughts and the thoughts we have around this time of year, the end of this year, would lead us to first to an acknowledgement and an understanding that as we, as we read here at the end of this passage, as the Apostle Peter quotes, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. I hope that first of all that we would have a, an understanding of that, an acknowledgement of that, that we really are gra as grass, that it's quickly fading. You think, well, what's the analogy? The analogy is it's for a season, it grows up in the springtime. If, in a best case scenario, you have grass that lasts from the spring to the, to the fall and then it starts to weather and fades, but grass can also be cut down right in the, in the height of its powers too. So it's, that's how fragile man is, as the grass. And the analogy also goes, and the, all the glory of man as the flower of grass. So the, the brightest, the most beautiful part of the grass, the flower, maybe wildflowers that are mixed in with it, they're even briefer than the span of the grass. They, they, they open, they bud, they bloom, and they wither away. And how does that line up with man? Think about the attributes or the things that, that you consider part of yourself. Maybe 
maybe you don't consciously say it, but maybe your, your beauty or your strength or your intelligence, that's all the glory of man. That's uh, the things that you uh, maybe count on to enjoy life or, or um, identify who you are. That withers even quicker than the grass. So before the span of your life is out, those things will also fade too. And, and you'll realize they're slipping. Beauty will fade. Strength will diminish. Your intelligence even. We hope that and pray that we get wiser as we get older. But even that, the mental acuity will, will go too. So that's the analogy. That's the picture that I hope we will first of all acknowledge and understand. And then from there, not stay there because that's a place of, of despair ultimately. If, if, if we just stay there and, well, we're all quickly fading and we're going to, to, a, to a quick end and once this life is over, that's it. No, the end of that quote is, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. So, this, as I alluded to, Apostle Peter is quoting from the Old Testament, from Isaiah 40. And this figure appears again and again in uh, the Old Testament. And also it's referenced in the, in the New Testament by James. And he actually says that the rich should rejoice in this fact. James 1. says, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. I take this to mean that if we understand this, we truly uh, acknowledge that all the things that I have, the best parts of my life, quote unquote, those are going to fade and perish. Uh, if I realize that, and at, that's a starting point, I can actually rejoice in that. I can actually, uh, that can be a source of thanksgiving. As this year comes to an end, as you realize your life is going by, things are fading, you're, you are going to, in one direction only, towards the grave, that can actually be a source of, of, of rejoicing, understood in the right context. So... This quote is from Isaiah 40. It's in the middle of a very well-known prophecy about the Messiah. The one that actually starts off the, the handles Messiah. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem that her warfare is accomplished. Then it, there's a prophecy, a reference to to John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the crooked made straight. And then it says, the voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? And this is the message that he is supposed to cry. All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. So it's not, it's just the fact that we are grass and we are quickly fading. It says the spirit of the Lord blows. He, he's actually, in, in the words of Moses, 
turning men to destruction and saying, return ye children of men. He says, the, the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people as grass. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So uh, as I said, this image is replete throughout the, uh, is mentioned several times in the Old Testament and in the New. And it is the starting point, I think, of the gospel, of the good news, that as, as, as Peter identifies it after he quotes, where are we? And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So, I think why this is the start of the gospel or the start of the good news is that we have to realize that we are not eternal, that we are passing, we're quickly fading, but there is one that is eternal. It's of necessity. Who made all these things? Who made everything? Obviously, someone who is outside of everything. Who made time? Has to be someone outside of time, someone who's eternal. So that in itself is not the good news. The good news is that God is willing to extend this eternal life to those who believe on him. So another allusion is in Psalm 103, this passage. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. So how can the mercy of the Lord be from everlasting to everlasting if we are just mortal, if we are just here today and gone tomorrow? This also points to the good news that we can have eternal life, that we can be part of God's everlasting to everlasting in, in eternity future if we heed the, the, the second part of this, them that fear him, his righteousness unto children's children to such as keep his covenant, those that remember his commandments to do them. How does this work into the passage that we read? Why is, why is Apostle Peter quoting this reference from the Old Testament. Those that believe in God, the, the essence of the, of the gospel, of the good news, is those that believe in God, specifically in his son Jesus Christ, as we'll get to in verse 19, are born again. If we go back to verse 23, it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. 
those that believe in, in God and his promises, what he's done specifically in, in Christ Jesus, are born again. We're made new. Something about believing starts a new life in us, that a new, uh, an indwelling by the Holy Spirit that causes us to desire this word and to live off it, to live daily off it. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a, well, I just, I believe something once and then now I am a, a new creature and I can go on my way merrily. It's that I have to live and take this eternal word in daily and that is my source of life. In that way, I am born again of this word, this, incorrupt, this incorruptible seed that lives and abides, that keeps growing forever. As I take it in daily, as I live by it, I have eternal life. So it's not just a one-time thing. Believing in Christ Jesus is the start of this eternal life. But daily abiding and living in it uh, causes us to be born again eternally. The, the modus operandi, the method that this is accomplished is if we go backwards, reading backwards from the end of the chapter, verse 19, or verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. Corruptible man, our, our mortal frame, can never be redeemed by something corruptible. It just doesn't work that way. It can't. Something corruptible can't pay for something corruptible. It has to be something incorruptible, something that is outside of this, something that is pure and eternal that can redeem us. You are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. You are not redeemed from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, by, by something corruptible, by money. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Here you go. This... Christ is outside of time. He was established, this was established before time began, before the earth was formed, but has specifically been manifest, has specifically been made open. So this is, Christ could save all of those who go before, uh, all of those who did not know, uh, did not see the revelation of Christ because he was foreordained, the plan was in place from the foundation of the world, but now it has specifically been revealed 2,000 years ago when a man named Jesus Christ came and walked on this earth. It's manifest in these last times for you. So this is the means by which we can be made new, by which we can uh, escape this mortal frame, this despair that would overwhelm us if we think, well, every year is just going by. Every The passage of time, is, it seems to be clicking along increasingly quickly. The answer to that is believing in Christ Jesus, is being born through this word eternally. And that is, it's not just a, quanti uh, um, a quantity thing, it's a quality thing. The quality of our life changes as a result, is that we start to live now an eternal life that is not bound by, not entranced by things that fade. So, this is also a time of a year for believers to, those that profess Christ, to evaluate. Say, well, this past year, what did I do that was part of this glory of the man, this, this flower of the grass that quickly fades? What did I do that was eternal? And how do I distinguish? How do I tell the two? It has to be by the word of God. There's going to be things that 
we uh, read in this passage, that we did read in this passage as we meditate on it with the Lord's help, that we'll understand, we'll see, well, did I, going back to verse 13, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus. Did I live this past year in a, in a way that displayed my hope and trust on, on what's coming? That Christ Jesus is coming again and there's, there's gonna be, it says here, the grace that is to be revealed, right? That is to be brought to you. There's a special grace. There's this, when we actually see Jesus, the completion of our salvation, the, the goal of, uh, of everything we've been striving for, that will be, that will arrive. We will see it. Faith won't, will not be needed anymore. But do I live my life in anticipation of that? Have I lived it in anticipation of that? Or has it been um, uh, getting mired in the, in the daily and not lifting my eyes to see what's coming? Not perceiving that my life, currently the things I'm going through, the trial of my faith in the beginning of this chapter, that it's for a purpose, that I'm being refined and purified so that I might be found unto praise and honor at the glory uh, uh, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ? Have I, have I done, have I lived that way, first of all, in hope? Before we talk about doing and, and achievements, have I lived in hope? That's a quality type of thing. It's not a, a checklist. It's not a, well, I did this and this and this. Have I genuinely lived in hope? Is my desire for that day getting stronger? Has it gotten stronger this past year? Or am I more interested in what's going on here and now? So for the believer, that's, that's part of the evaluation that, that really should occur now every day, but specifically at this time of year and, and looking to the, to the future, well, what's gonna be different this year? How am I going to be more conformed to this word because everything else is gonna fade. All the other things that I hang my hat on, my job or uh, even relationships, um, those are temporary, temporary nature. The on, only the relationship with God uh, and how we relate to God to, uh, through other people uh, will last. But relationships just for the, their own sake, just to pursue their own ends, those will fade too. Even marriage is temporary. How have I uh, pursued those eternal things this past year? We really need, in order to do that, to evaluate that, in verse 13, we're told to gird up the loins of our mind and be sober. We have to be serious about this. It's uh, not a matter of, of feeling. Well, I felt I had a good year. Things were, well, I felt I didn't have a good year. It was difficult. It was hard. We have to be sober about it. We have to gird up the loins of our mind. We've been learning from uh, in CFG about the armor of God and the belt of truth, girding ourselves with the belt of truth. We have to take this truth in the word of God, read it, and then evaluate what happened this past year. What happened in my life? Did I do things the way I ought to have. And we have to be serious about it. That's why I take to be sober. Going on in verse 14, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. For every one of us, there is a, those that profess Christ, there is a former life. Sadly, for those that do not profess Christ, that, this is still a description of your life. 
If you, aren't, if you have not publicly professed and, and confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're still living in this description. It may be hard to reconcile with your, your measure of righteousness, but according to God's word, you're still living in your former lusts and your ignorance. You're not living for Christ because you're not giving him glory for uh, your life and everything he's given you. So for those of us that are believers, we did have a former life, a life that was ruled by lusts, our desires, the things that, that our body wanted, and ignorance, lack of knowledge of God's word, of the truth, of what, really, what life is really about, what's really important. That, our former life was, was ruled that way. And now we've been called out of that, and we are not to have fashion our lives in that way. Instead, verse 15, we are to be holy. We've been doing some lesson preparation for uh, next year uh, camp lessons. The, the theme of, of next year's camp has, has been chosen, um, be ye holy, for I am holy. And we've been studying this topic. And when we start to realize the holiness of God, it's overwhelming. When we really start to see who he is and how those who actually saw some of his glory and some of his holiness responded as recorded in the Old Testament, we, it's overwhelming. And it's, it's almost, it's, it's a, a daunting thing to read this. Be ye holy, for I am holy. God's saying that, but it's here in black and white. He said it. And that's what he's calling us as believers to be. He's calling us out from a, a mundane sort of existence that is just for us to a dedicated life. That's what holiness is. Holy separated unto God. Holy unto and dedicated and, and devoted to him. That's what he's calling us, each one of us, to. So this is the time of year to evaluate that. Have I been sanctified? Is that process of sanctification happening in my life? Has it happened this year? Or have I been maybe a little bit more involved in, the, in, in pursuits that, that don't have a connection with the kingdom of God? That, and and um, let's be clear here. The word of God says that whatever we do, we can do to the honor and glory of God. Whatever we find ourselves doing, whether eating or drinking, that can be done to the honor and glory of God. So it's not a matter of simply getting a list or a category of activities and separating in one column and in the other column and say, these are the holy ones and these are the unholy. We're not, I'm not talking about the division between sin. I'm talking about daily life activities. It's not a matter of dividing those things, those two things, and saying, well, I'm going to do these and more of these and less of these. It's in everything we do. It's as you wake up tomorrow and go to that job. It's as I wake up and care for children or as I have a conversation with someone, um, a, a, a coworker or a counterpart, is that going to be a holy thing? Am I going to devote that to the service of the Lord? Have I done that? That kind of puts things in perspective, that shines the light on all of our activities. Because we've been called to that. There's no denying it. We can never be holy like God is holy. His holiness is one of a kind, separate. It's unique. It's set apart. 
because of who he is. But we have a relationship with him through Christ Jesus, and therefore we can be holy because we are in relationship with him. This next verse is interesting. And maybe uh, as believers, we need to evaluate too our, this past year. If he call, and if he call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. So those of us that are believers who pray hopefully every day, every, uh, off, more than once a day, uh, call on the Father, dear Father in heaven, and, and so on, and our prayer goes forth. If we call on the Father, we have to acknowledge he is actually going to judge me. He is going to judge me without respect of who I am or how, um, who's, what connection I have or what church I belong to. He's going to judge me according to the works that I have done. He's going to judge every person according to their work. And as a result, I have to pass the time of my sojourning. Sojourning means my journey here. This is just a journey, just a, a temporary passing through. I have to pass that time in fear. Did I pass this past year, 2017, in fear? That word's a loaded word. It has a lot of different connotations and meaning. I don't mean uh, some abject paralyzing fear that, well, I can't do anything and I'm, I, I, it, it inhibits me, but a reverential godly fear that inspires, that, 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 that moves, that, that stops me from doing something. That kind of, have I lived this past year in that kind of fear? If I haven't, I'm in that whole stream of man is as a grass, as a flower of grass. I'm withering and fading. Everything, the things that I do, they're not gonna last, they're gonna be judged. Even if I, you know, when I do stand before the Father, they're going to be judged as worthless. They're going to be burned. I don't think that's going to be a pleasant experience. When we see God for who he really is, in all his power and awesome majesty, the, that's not going to be a, a pleasant experience for those parts or those things that we've done that, we're, that need to be judged and need to be called and need to be examined. The thing is that now, here and now, is the time to, to rectify that, to apply God's grace. So if there's a relationship that is not right between believers, uh, now's the time to fix that before it goes into judgment. If there is a, a something that, um, that I did and I know it wasn't right, now is the time to, to, to ask for forgiveness, to, to make it right. Now is the time to, to redeem it. Because the source of this fear, right? Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. The source of this fear, this godly fear that ought to drive the believer is the cost and price of what we were redeemed with. The precious blood of Jesus. He, there was, God paid so much for me. I am worth so much to God. He, look what he did through Christ Jesus. That should, that should motivate me. That should make me fearful in the right way, the sort of the godly way that clarifies things, that, you know, if things are gray and muddled and should we do this, should we do that, is this the right decision, is that? You know, a little godly fear can help clarify that. Say, well, what does the Lord want me to do? I'm going to stand before him one day 
and give an account for this. You know, t time won't be an issue for that. Time will be no more. We'll have all the time in the world, so to speak, to give an account before a righteous judge and everything in our life will be made, what was said in secret will be shouted from the housetops. So we covered Christ Jesus and the precious blood of, of Christ Jesus and how this plan was before all eternity. Now, verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, so that's quite a lot to unpack there. There is a purification, a sanctification process going on as we obey the truth for those that are called. If it's not happening, if we're not being obedient to the, tr the truth, we're going in the other direction. That's, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. If I'm not being, if this 2017 was not a year of purification and sanctification for me as a believer, I'm going the other direction. How does this happen? I obey the truth through the Spirit. I, I'm purified through obedience to the truth through the Spirit unto, now this is interesting, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. This is the, this is the object and goal here. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So, as a believer, as a professing Christian, has my love for my brothers and sisters in Christ grown this past year? Have I done and manifested deeds of love to my fellow man, not just to believers, but to, to those that are lost? Was this more of a selfish year? Did it tend towards me and building up my security and my comfort? and the things that please me. I think so often this mark, the measure of love of the brethren, would clarify a lot of things in our lives too. Whether a certain activity or a certain goal or a certain direction in our life is, is worthwhile, is going to last, is it a flower of the grass sort of thing, is it done out of love for others? Is it done out of genuine love, wanting to serve others? That will clarify a lot of things. And then we'll, one day we will have rejoicing when we stand before the Savior, our Savior, who died for all of our fellow believers in Christ. So today is, is the last year of 2017. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of looking forward. It's a time of, hopefully, of subjecting ourselves to the word of God. But for those who don't know Christ and, and are feeling the weight of their mortality, the weight of that their life is quickly passing and things don't seem to be changing or this is, there's a futility to the existence, hopefully this can be a time where you can, your eyes can be opened to the great promise that God has in his word, the precious promise, this, this precious book which contains the whole gospel, the complete gospel, every part of it. And that can allow you to be born of a incorruptible seed so that you can rejoice when another year ticks by, I'm closer to seeing my Lord and Savior. I'm closer to the day when this all ends. And yeah, this grass, this, this body is quickly flating, it's quickly going. 
but eternity, an eternity with God is just around the corner. That can be the difference for you. The beginning of this year versus uh, an eternity or a life, even a short life, without God. I pray that the Lord would use this word to convict you, to draw you closer to him. He is desiring to have so much more of us. We limit him in so many ways. As unbelievers, shutting him out, just not believing, not grasping that the gospel is really just believing in Christ Jesus, professing that, and trusting him to change us, not taking him at his word. And for believers, so many times we limit him by going back to fleshly pursuits, going back to things that do not profit. This word, this living eternal word can change us. It can realign our focus and help us to realize that we have a short time and it will quickly and soon be over. To him be all the glory and honor forevermore. Amen. This morning we've heard very clearly and expositionally from the word of God that our life is very brief. It's just a small window. Just like if these windows were transparent, you could only see so much to this side or that side. And then our life is over. We have limits. We're mortal. We're corruptible. Flesh is corruptible. But God has created the soul that will live eternally one place or another, whether it's in the courts of glory or eternal banishment and destruction from the face of the Lord, the scripture says, in hellfire. It's a stark reality. Believe it or not, I believe it. The word of God says it. And that ought to give us reason to consider. For the unconverted, as to where will you spend eternity is a song we sing. Do you want to be apart from the presence of God? Where all goodness and glory and love abounds? Apart from the fellowship, all the goodness you experience on this earth, the goodness that God gives to the evil and to the just, the Bible says, that goodness will be gone forever. And to the believer, as we heard, we ought to spend our days here, our sojourning in fear. We are completely surrounded and are filled with the love of God if we want it. But there is that fear of the Almighty, the fear of hurting the living God, the reverential fear of worshipping the living God in obeying his commands. Are we willing, or do we see, as the brother mentioned earlier, to acknowledge all these things, first of all? And if we acknowledge that our life is as grass and, and everything else here is corruptible and temporal on the earth, can we see the value in following Christ? Can we see the worth? Can we see the, 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 the false 
offerings of this world, the empty baubles, the gems that so appear, that bubbles in the sky that burst when you touch them. My prayer is that we would see the true glory of God, the true holiness of God, who he really is, so we can fear and love him and devote our lives to him. To him be all the glory now and evermore. This concludes our service.